America, my name is Ayumi Yosef from Ponga. I come to you live every Thursday. Now, remember, that's Thursday now, not Friday anymore. I've shifted to Thursday. And today we're going to talk a little bit about bureaucracy, uh, cliches, and freedom. And it's going to be a fascinating show, I believe. So sit back and get ready for some knowledge. First about bureaucracy. Now, bureaucracy is a word that means actually rule of unelected leaders who are kind of bureaucrats. Right? Crassy uh, just means power and bureaus, the unelected administrative aspect of their being. Right? So you put those two together, it's supposed to be rule of unelected leaders. However, now we use it to, to mean kind of like uh, administrators who just kind of um, uh, uh, realize the edicts of or the aspirations of elected leaders. Right? So why do we need a bureaucracy? Well, we have to understand that for the last 30, I want to say Reagan, for most of my adult life, we've been uh, understanding good government as a matter of of cutting out the bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is always bad. Now with this pandemic, we're starting to realize, well, if we had a little bit more bureaucracy, maybe things would be a little bit more efficient. Maybe if we had more um, uh, unelected leaders and not uh, unelected uh, administrators, like carrying out the functions of government, it, it would be better. So hollowing out our government, getting rid of the bureaucracy hasn't actually been particularly good when we need people making decisions about how to actually realize the visions that like, you know, Congress puts forth, right? So we saw this with the stimulus checks. I'm not even sure that uh, everyone got those CARES checks. Maybe everyone did. I strongly suspect they didn't. What I want to know is, <laughs> why did my CARES check come directly deposited in my bank account, but the Joe Biden tax credit check uh, um, comes hand? I think that's a little bit dicey, right? So what would a functioning bureaucracy? So we don't have the bureaucracy to do a lot of the quality of universal government programs that should be secured to us by rights. We don't have the gov we don't have the bureaucracy, the administrative um, infrastructure to be a self-governing society, right? Like I wish we did. I don't think we do. And a well-ordered world. And someone in the chat might have to um, correct me on why this is a bad idea. I think people should get bank accounts, like automatic bank accounts, maybe tied to your social security number or tied to something that, um, like, you can go to a, you, like you just. Like postal banking makes sense to me. Not only postal banking as in like you turn post offices into bank accounts, but like you get um, bank accounts. Like you get a government bank account. You can also have access to private bank accounts. That's fine. But a government bank account where like your tax return goes automatically into that bank account or your... Uh, um, and you can link it through online if you want to, but like every single person has access to banking. Like we need to democratize money and democratize finance in such a way that like everyone has access to the distribution mechanisms of like money, right? So um, uh, yeah, everyone should just get a government bank account. Like I said, you can have private bank accounts too, but everybody would have a bank account. So if the government needed to get everyone $2,000, it could just press a button and like, shoop, it would just be in everyone's government bank account. And that would be, because um, right now there's a mix of people like me who are stably housed and all of that uh, have a bank account that like, you know, it's going to, gonna um everything's it's fine but for a while i was unbanked when i was in my 20s i was unbanked when i was in my 20s this is actually a good story because at the time i was living paycheck to paycheck working just some security job and um i remember one night i had like worked all week finally got paid i was i know i was running low on my account i deposited my check i went to walgreens and got it was very cold 
Um, I, I, I'm remembering this vividly. I went to Walgreens and I got some toothpaste. And then I took myself to a movie. And then after that, I no, I went, I went to Walgreens, got toothpaste, got pizza, because it was right next to CVS. No, uh, it was Walgreens, so I must have walked a little bit to get pizza. And then I took myself to a movie, three different purchases. Um, and, and two days later, I was hit with $75 in overdraft fees from, from Wells Fargo, a bank I'd been with for, at that time, probably nine or years. And I, that was just, uh, that, that, and then I, I pulled my account from Wells Fargo because I called and they gave me the runaround. I didn't have time for these people at the time. So I was just like, wow. Like, so they hit me with $25 for the toothpaste, $25 for the pizza and $25 for the, for the, this is in the 2000s, late 2000s and $25 for the, um, uh, movie. And they were being jerks about getting it removed because, you know, I was just a guy working a $9 an hour job or an $8 an hour. I don't know how much I was making. I wasn't making a ton of money. Maybe a little bit more just working security. And and um, so I, I pulled from bank because I knew that in this life, I can't take $75 hits. <laughs> living round, uh, living uh, uh, paycheck to paycheck, I couldn't take random seventy-five dollar hits, and so um, that was so I, I I was unbanked and like with the check cashing place, sure they would take their cut, but they would take it in the beginning, and there would be no surprises, and I don't need that kind of uh, I don't need that kind of I don't need the surprise was kind of draining away my chi. <laughs> I did not like that. So um, yeah, so just universal, universal banking. Give everyone a bank. Give everyone a bank account, and that way, this kind of distribution mechanism will work. Where if you want it, if the federal government wants to just give everyone money, they just press a button and shoop, it just goes and and deposits in their bank account. And you can tie it to Social Security. You can tie it. You can where like there's nothing unconstitutional about it, which means that like we can just write statutes to make this happen. Um, if we actually thought that democratizing this kind of access to financial resources was part of actually democratizing like self government, like we we need people to be able to take advantage of the resources. This becomes this comes in mind because the eviction moratorium is going to run out, and so a lot of people are going to be hit with uh, you know fifteen hundred dollar bills. And they're not going to have money. And there were funds. There were funds. Um, what you call it? Uh, 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 supposed to be available from the government, but there wasn't a bureaucracy to actually distribute the funds to the people who need the funds to pay rent. And because I'm not a huge fan of evict the, the the eviction moratorium or the rent um kind of moratorium i i think we should give people money so that they can pay their landlords so that they could so that the landlords could sustain um the place so like i was always a little bit dubious of a policy that just said like well you don't have to pay because that money went places and not all landlords are you know huge companies some landlords are like you know have one or two properties and they use that money to help fix the property and pay bills on the property so uh, I, I always wanted to just give renters money and so the renters could pay their bills. And that was, that was kind of my understanding of what a just society would look like relative to, you know, the needs of the renters in a pandemic, right? 
So this victim, vic, uh, this eviction moratorium is going to end. The money that we were supposed that the federal government set aside to give to renters in order for renters to pay their landlords never made it didn't really make it to the renters. And so a lot of people are going to be evicted. They eligible for money, but since they didn't have access, remember, these are people who can barely pay rent. So it's not like they are the most, um, you know, most banked people, right? So this is, this is a problem, right? So I, uh, we need to actually get serious and get rid of the cliche that says that all bureaucracy is bad. Bureaucracy is a noble calling in democratic self-governance. We need our people working at the DMV like, to do their job, and we should pay them well. And all of the infrastructure, uh, as someone says in California, it's going directly to the landlords. Well, I guess that's better as long as, as, long as it gets to where it's, uh, nobody's being evicted. Right? I just don't want anybody being evicted, and I, and I don't think that... Um, this idea that that people get the checks that they should like that we want them to get by magic is happening we need to build the infrastructure to allow them to get the money right and so i'm gonna a slightly uh a very very dear 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 friend um worked at kind of a, a crooked law agency and what would happen would be like the doctor would give my friend the patient's information and then my patient's what well, well, the doctor would send the uh, the someone to get in a car accident they go to the doctor the chiropractor whatever who are already a little bit dicey chiropractors i, I don't know um would send them to my friend who would write a very like angry letter to the insurance company and then the insurance company would um the insurance company would send the law office a check, and then my friend, um, would, and then the person who got hit by the car, if they didn't have a bank account, my friend also had some one of their friends or a cousin who owned a check cashing place, so they would send, um, they would send the person who uh, was hit by the car to the check cashing place to cash the check. And then all of it all kind of work out in a virtuous circle. Now, sometimes we couldn't find the person. This is when things got dicey, right? Sometimes we couldn't find the person who was hit by the car initially, and then the check would get sent, and the lawyers would just like look at the check, right? Or the uh, person would be scared to go to the bank, and so like there was there was there was trouble. Right? And this is when like a lot of a lot of accident lawyers are dicey about like you got to pay the client and who doesn't pay the client and if you, if you don't pay the client when that happens and and um, but that was kind of the virtuous circle of this kind of situation which was made possible because not everyone was banked right if everyone was banked there could be a clearinghouse where that wouldn't be a problem right I mean what could happen is. Yeah, that, that just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be a problem, right? So we would never have to worry about lawyers stealing the client's checks because everyone would have guaranteed access to a bank account. And, you know, it would, it would put the check cashing people out of business, but it's okay. I'm okay with the check cashing people going out of business. I think I'm, 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 I'm very comfortable with that. <laughs> they could find more virtuous ways to make a living. Um, 
as opposed to just being parasites. If we put check cashers and like bail bondsmen out of business by getting rid of cash bail and, and the need for check cashing, I think that would be just fine. I would be a-okay with that. Um, so you need to build out a bureaucracy to have a functioning government. You need to build out a bureaucracy because that's the bureaucracy is what allows the government to actually make sure all of the goods and services get to the people because without that, you'll have what's called the Catalan problem where the people who are next to the, uh, the people who are next to the source of power end up getting the power, the people who are proximal to it. It's made for this, uh, this situation where like there was a distrib- there was a mine that was a gold mine that was, that was discovered and, um, the money was supposed to be distributed around the countryside, but it turns out the people who live next to the gold mine got, <laughs> got more of the money. And that's kind of the same with, uh, with, uh, or the people who were, had an infrastructure connected to the gold mine got most of the money. Right. So that's kind of the same thing with, um, um, government programs, right? The people who have the fixed infrastructure as it stands, get the government programs, even if the government programs are supposed to universalize. The goal of the government program is to distribute and democratize power, but not everyone has an infrastructure to get the government power. Then the people who actually have that infrastructure set uh, get government power, uh, get the government resources. And this is what we saw with the CARES money. This is what, like, the CARES money was all about. It was a great money grab for people who already have a fixed infrastructure in the government. Um, like, and the people who are on, like, kind of off the infrastructure, the people who didn't have their own personal accountant or the people who, you know, didn't have, weren't banked, like, just got dis- a disproportionate, um, um, an unequal share of the goods and services that was supposed to go out to everyone, right? And this is the thing, when big institutions fail, it's just a great way for people at the top to consolidate power. And that's what happened with COVID. We saw that happen. The rich got richer and the poor just like got more disposable. A lot of people made money during COVID. Not too many of them were black. But don't make but make no mistake, a lot of people made money during COVID. Because they already were poised to take um part uh, take advantage of institutional collapse. All right, so yay bureaucracy, let's destigmatize it. And then now let's talk about cliches. Um How do I say this? Right. All right, so there's a, there's a, I, I have some media connections and apparently one of my, okay, I'll just leave it real general. So someone, Melissa, uh, Melissa Harris Perry got let go from NBC and depending on who you talk to, there was kind of a prominent personality could have helped her like, you know, um, sustain her job and that person says well you know i i would i would help melissa harris perry at msnbc but i gotta gotta pay my mortgage and that was okay and that's a little bit weird because you know melissa harris perry got uh got let go for being too black they wanted someone black but they didn't want someone like black like me they wanted someone black like gabby thomas or someone responsibility black uh respectability politics black so um they let melissa harris perry go and uh, this person could have like fought for her to keep her job, but he said like, "Well, you know, got to pay my, got to, got to pay my mortgage," and that was kind of seen as an acceptable cliche. And people say like, "Well, you know, you can't fault him for doing that." But then you think that that's actually not an acceptable cliche, and we just have to understand that's a culturally sustained cliche, 
It could just as easily be the case that that's a distasteful statement. And I say this with a cultural reference, right? Think about the cliche, boys will be boys. It used to be the case that all sorts of like very dicey behavior was covered under the notion that boys will be boys. And that was just what you, uh, what, what you, what you said. And it was just accepted. Well, okay, I thought it was an issue of injustice, but boys will be boys, so it's fine. Uh, but now, you know, 50 years later, that's now a distasteful understanding of both gender and like it's just not an excuse to look the other way about issues of justice and injustice, right? So um, we could do the same with, you know, got to pay a mortgage because you make no mistake, a lot of labor and racial justice will be um uh kind of covered with the like you know gotta pay my mortgage can't risk my job and if if people aren't willing to risk their job there will not be any labor or racial justice labor and racial justice is run by people willing to risk their jobs like martin luther king wasn't out there saying well i got five kids i can't be marching of or of the Malcolm X, you wouldn't have Martin. You wouldn't have Malcolm X if like they were like, well, you know, gotta 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 make that cheddar. So these are culturally supported narratives that aren't ubiquitous, and um, so we, we got to figure out a way to kind of drive the cultural intervention that will make that less and less of an accepted excuse to to look away at to to kind of. Um, Medgar Evers, well, I can't do, a, can't do the voter registration drive in Mississippi. It's dangerous down there, and I got kids to feed. Um, no, Medgar Evers did his job, uh, and like he did it for us, and I'm grateful. But like, yeah, that, that's like it's one of the things. And either that makes you a bad father or a good father, I don't know. Like, it's complicated, but um, we we have to actually investigate that this is a culturally supported like cultural artifact that can be unsupported just like we stop supporting boys will be boys as an excuse to do horrible things to, to women right so i um those are the two big things i want to talk about I do, I, I do have some time and i have you listening to me i will say that i asked the students to write a one-page paper that i'm actually pretty proud of i think i finally hit upon a good topic we talked a little bit about my cruising class last week and I, and I asked them about to write a paper on um, how free enterprise, which emerged uh, to, to to handle some of the kind of stultification, or, uh, like uh, degrading aspects of conventional society. In conventional society, you just kind of did what your parents did. You, like you didn't have a bunch of choices; you just did what the authority figures did, and that was kind of it was the right thing to do because the authority figure told you to do it. It wasn't like anything. It wasn't the right thing to do because you chose to do it, right? And so now we move that, and now we have free enterprise and political liberties and freedom of speech and all these things. But did that really, and that kind of raised our quality of life in some ways because now we're more uh, like nimble in dealing with problems. And, and like, so modernity's kind of had, had its perks. The problem is, and this is no small problem, what happens when freedom, uh, like political liberties and freedom of speech and all of that stuff becomes stops raising our standard of living and actually uh, lowers our standard of living. What happens when our freedoms stop becoming so darn useful? Do we still keep them around? Or are they, did they, have they emerged as a good that's independent of their origin, right? So we did something in order to uh, 
we did something in order to be useful, but now it's outlived its use, but maybe it's attained a different um, validation. And, you know, I didn't think about this in class, but I think about all the things I did to chase girls. You know, I got pretty good at sports, I got pretty good at music, and I got pretty good at uh, thinking. And then after a while, I, you know, I'd start this to chase a girl, but then I would be like, it would attain like an independent source of virtue, right? Like I was like, well, I started this and I wanted to get good to attract a girl, but now I really want to break the school record. Or like I started getting music to like, cause maybe this girl would like me, but now I just really want to be able to play this concerto or whatever. And so um, maybe freedom and political liberty is kind of like that, where uh, it might've at first been useful. And, and, now, and now since I'm so into the thing, I kind of like, ignore the girl and then I lose the girl, but I'm really good at like the music or the sports or the whatever. So, um, so now political liberty might be one of those things that emerged for the sake of making a more efficient society uh, and, 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 and conferring a quality of material satisfaction, but now is, is, uh, is sustained so that we can, um, uh, now is sustained in a way that actually degrades our material satisfaction, but is sustained independently, right? So just kind of think of these issues. Would you, uh, what happens when political liberty becomes inefficient? Do we still pay for it? What happens when it actually lowers our standard of living? Do we still, can it be justified independently? And that's kind of a big question um, that I'll leave you with. And I think it's an important question, important question to talk about with your kids and all of that. But um, I think that's all. By the way, if you like anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month. Because depending on who you talk to, I'm rescuing your life from it being squandered by dealing with silly problems in silly ways and raising silly kids who deal with silly problems in silly ways. I'm going to help you deal with more meaningful problems in more meaningful ways and uh, rescue meaning from your life. But, uh, so you're welcome. And the best way for you to thank me is actually just become a member at, at uh, uh, www.funkyacademic.com. Kick in a little bit of money so I can pay bills and, and keep the system going. Because I try to deliver a quality of wisdom that you don't get every day. Uh, no one's actually standing up for bureaucracy and telling you the need for bureaucracy in a functional democracy and how if the government's supposed to democratize power but bureaucracy only, like is available for you know the top 40%, then as good as the intentions are of your government officials, it will never get down to you. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's the problem, right? So thank you for your time. And I will see you next week. <laughs>